Hello and welcome to mini episode 159 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 19th of December 2021. And story number one comes from Alicia. My dad would mess around with the Ouija board and all of these sorts of things when he was younger. Since then, my mom believes our family is cursed. And I believe it too. We have terrible luck. My dad and mom shared stories about how they believe a spirit has followed my dad his whole life. My dad passed away about four years ago now, and I believed for a while that the spirit latched on to me. I thankfully haven't dealt with any issues recently, so I'm really risking it all right now to share this with you, because I believe words have power, and I'm putting power to it. But that's okay because I really want to share it. I've only shared these encounters with my mom and a friend. I was about four years old and in a dream I was on the deck of our house. I looked off into the yard and saw a man in all white standing there. I headed up to him and talked to him. No words came out of his mouth but in my dream I acted like I knew what he was saying. I randomly left to go and talk to another man who was now on the deck. Again no words. I went back to the other guy in the field but he was turned around. I tapped his shoulder and when he turned around, his eyes were melting out of his face. I frantically ran to the other man who did the same. Okay, now maybe there's just something fucked up in my head that I don't know about, but I was literally four. This dream took place in my very first house that I lived in. This was the first and last house we all lived in as a family, so maybe that's why so much happened in this house. The spirit that lived there with us was named Bob, From my understanding, he was a family member who passed away either in that house or on the land before the house was moved there. On the land, there was a huge tree with a literal face on it. It looked angry. There was one time my dad was working in the workroom in the basement. He said he suddenly felt a presence and from the corner of his eye he saw a distinct face, not see-through or anything. He went upstairs, grabbed my mom and the cat and brought them downstairs. The second he set the cat down, it immediately started freaking out and hissing and ran up the stairs. The door to the attic was right at the end of the hallway that the bathroom was in. My mom said whenever she would shower that the attic door would always be open. That door was a hard-ass door to open and my brother and I were tiny humans who couldn't open the door. Another time I was in my parents' room watching TV with them. I decided to go out into the living room to grab my favourite blanket. On my way back, I heard a voice from the wall. The other side was outdoors, so there was no room on the other side. It said, What are you doing? And I told the voice I was grabbing my blanket, but there was no response. So I went back to my mom and told her, Mommy, the wall just talked to me. How terrifying that must have been to hear. When my brother was still in a crib, my mom had the baby monitor on her bedside table. She suddenly heard a voice. I can't remember what she said, they said, but my brother was literally talking back to it. A couple of years later, we moved in with my mom's boyfriend at the time. They had this Barbie girl car that actually honked and made noises and lit up. There was one night, my step-siblings, my brother and I were sitting in the living room, which is above the basement where the car was stored and he literally heard it honk. So we went down there and the lights were on and no one was downstairs. The following events happened at the fourth house my mom and brother and I lived in. 
Not much happened to me at this house, but this is the house I started to feel the presence of the spirit follow me. There was a picture frame of my mom and my uncle at someone's wedding. Every single morning, it would always be face down on the table. We fixed it every day, but at some point we just gave up. There was one night I just couldn't get to sleep, which was normal for me back then. I randomly got this feeling of terror and I was freaking out. I remember just praying to God to send my angel to protect me. And the second I was done praying, I had this huge wave of relief and I was uncontrollably crying. After that night is when I started to acknowledge the feeling of being watched. I know spirits can cause weird behaviour in animals. At this house and the house we had after this one, we had the same issues. We would always find dead bats in the kitchen, in the basement, and if they were alive, they would specifically terrorise me. They'd only ever fly into my room and attack me. And then we moved to the fifth house, where we were still dealing with the animal issues. There was also an old lady who passed away in the house. Her name was Mrs. Prince. I would hear her sometimes. She would say goodnight to me. There was one time it was in the morning. I was just sitting in bed looking out the window. No one was home because my brother had a play date with his friend so my mom was with him. I suddenly heard a cat meow, which we did have a cat then, but I heard a The cat sounded like a kitten and all the cats that we had were old. She was a nice presence, but she still scared me sometimes. So my mom just talked out loud to her and told her that she was scaring me and she needed to calm down. We didn't have any issues after that day. It was at this point too, even up until the house that I live in currently, that any time I would try and record in the house, the camera would never focus. The audio sounded quiet and my camera app would crash. Only in the houses. This constant feeling of unease and being watched lasted from the late middle school till the end of high school and a little after that even. I named the spirit that I'm 99% sure was following me Randall. That was the name that would always pop into my head when I would acknowledge his presence. He felt like a middle-aged man who was also a trickster. He never wanted to cause harm but he wanted to scare people. There was one time I went over to my friend's house and I think Randall decided he wanted to stay because she suddenly felt the feeling of being watched and feeling unsafe. I told her to sage and open the window. She said when she was doing that she heard a loud laugh and then suddenly everything went back to normal. I told Randall that night he can't be staying with my friends and that he needs to leave them alone and he needs to leave me alone. I now very rarely get the feeling of being watched. My camera still has issues when I record in my room though, even three phones later and this one being a brand new version. In addition to my first house, I just now recalled that the spirit liked to tickle feet, but only in my parents' room. We would all be laying together watching TV and we would all feel tickles on our feet at some point during the night. Not all at once, just one after the other periodically. And another addition which can be talked down to a sleepy child brain. There was one night I was sleeping in my parents' bed with them. I think there was a phase where I was too scared of my closet in my shared room with my brother so we would sleep in their bed often. And I reached under the pillow and felt a really stiff and brittle feeling thing. I lifted the pillow and I saw an arm that looked like it was decaying, but I felt it, so I honestly don't know what it could have been, and I never looked into it or thought anything about it, and I never had an encounter like that again. I am one who believes that speaking puts power into whatever it is. 
And may I just say that since I've started writing you these emails, my bad luck has gotten noticeably worse lately. There is so much going on in this story, but I just wanted to say, um, don't write in again. Don't write in again. If it's making things worse, if it's giving you some bad luck, if it's making your bad luck worse. I also want to point out that I love the energy of the last bit of your story. The visual imagery of finding a decaying arm under your pillow. Whether or not it was a dream, like let's let's put that aside. Whether or not it's like a child's invention of a sleepy brain, whatever it is. But the idea of finding a decaying arm under your pillow is traumatising. Especially when you think about what that decayed arm might be attached to. Likely a decayed body. But I love the energy of just going, I don't know what it could have been, but I never looked into it. Never thought about it. Don't want to know. Because that's my kind of energy. Sometimes it's easier to just not know. And it's better to just not know what these things are and just accept that sometimes weird things happen, whether it's your brain or whether it's the supernatural, and just say, you know what, today, I don't want to know about zombies. I don't want to know about mummies. No way. And story number two comes from Juliet. I've been very sensitive since I was little. I've had more encounters than I can count. But out of the ones from my childhood... My favourite is the ghost at my grandma's house. She always knew her house was haunted. Every child she babysat had conversations and had just about all the same types of encounters with this very kind spirit. This spirit would take things and hide them to then have them reappear next to you or behind you minutes later. I'll never forget all the times my grandparents would be sitting across from me reading me a book when suddenly the Kleenex box behind them would disappear to then wind up behind me or on the shelf across the room. When I was maybe 10 or 11, my great-grandma passed away and she had always said she had a guest named Timmy who lived in her house and she openly spoke to him when guests were over. She always said she wanted Timmy to have people who knew he was there around him and that when she passed, she wanted him to find a new house with people that would like him. He chose my grandma's house. Things started to go missing and we started to feel cold spots or hear breathing. My mum got me a cassette player for my birthday, so when I decided to use it to try and communicate with what I assumed to be Timmy, I went to the basement and asked maybe ten questions like, Is anyone here? What's your name? All basic usual questions. Then I ran upstairs, laughing, figuring it didn't work as I'd never gotten EVPs to work before. My mum, grandma and I sat at the kitchen table to play it back as soon as I got upstairs. There was a scratchy old man voice answering every fucking question. Is there anyone here? Yes, I'm here. What's your name? Timmy. I fucking ran as fast as I could from the kitchen screaming and crying. My mum tried to tell me she was the one that recorded the voice. But I had put a brand new cassette in, went downstairs came up and played it. She never touched it. Plus, it's a cassette. What could she have possibly done to it? A year later, my family moved into a new house. We constantly heard footsteps at first, and even my sceptical non-believer dad would run around the house with a baseball bat, thinking someone had broken in. My little brother had what we thought to be an imaginary friend, until I finally saw the little boy he was playing with. He was around two or three years old, and had the sweetest face. I would see him running around all the time and just accept him as a member of the family until the slip in time happened. I heard screaming one night and ran upstairs from my room. I didn't understand why no one else came to see what was going on. 
There was a teenage girl screaming and crying and the little boy I always saw was blue in the face and suddenly was no longer moving. Years later, when I did research on the house after we moved out, I read a news article about a three-year-old boy who choked while being watched by his babysitter. When I was 16, I was laying in bed next to my then-boyfriend who was also very sensitive. We openly talked about ghosts all the time and we both were frequented with visits from the shadow people all our lives. On this particular day, we were just laying there arguing about what movie to watch knowing we would never decide when suddenly the room became almost red with orange-ish lights dancing on the walls that emulated fire. The bed became encircled with shadow people. There were more in the doorway. At the time it felt like they didn't see us and that this was something we were not supposed to see. We sat watching for several minutes not knowing what to do when suddenly the room went back to normal and I looked at him terrified and he asked me what had happened. He said that I'd suddenly froze sitting in the bed but my head kept looking around and he saw a shadow figure in the closet. He thought I was reacting to that until I told him what I had seen. I'm not sure what happened, but I've always thought maybe I saw into the shadow dimension. I've not had another encounter or felt energy or anything since then until recently. I thought I'd lost all my sensitivities after that experience, but I now think I was so afraid that I shut my mind out. My husband and I just moved into our first home two years ago. After a few months, I started hearing things like footsteps and breathing or movement from the monitor or upstairs when I was downstairs. I always got a warm but strong presence from our daughter's room. Then after maybe a year of living there, I started seeing an old man on the baby monitor and sometimes in her closet, but never felt anything but positivity and protectiveness from him. So one day when I was up in my daughter's room, I told him he was welcome to stay as long as he didn't scare my daughter and stopped messing with our monitor as it kept going static. From then on, he was much less known until just a couple of months ago. There was always that protective warm energy around the house and then suddenly it was gone. I just assumed he had moved on, but now I think something else moved in and replaced him. It started when I got home from work one day. No one else was home, yet all the doors were wide open front door, back door, garage to inside and big garage. I panicked, thinking someone had broken into the house. I left my kids in the car and started searching the house. Once the basement was cleared and the main floor, I was about to head upstairs when I heard the distinct sound of the creaking on our bedroom floor. It only creaks when walked on. I immediately ran out the door and jumped in the car and did not come back home until someone could go into the house with me. Nothing was taken, so we don't think any living person was in the house. Plus, on our alarm system, it said all doors opened just five minutes before I'd gotten home, and it said they all opened at once. But no movement was recorded in the house until I walked in. Then I started getting really bad feelings sometimes, mainly at night. It started with feeling like I shouldn't go outside some nights and I would feel so overwhelmingly panicked I would run around the house making sure all the doors and windows were locked several times. Then after a few months of that, the feeling moved to my bedroom. I would be laying in bed and would suddenly be overcome with the feeling that I shouldn't be in this room and someone was standing next to me watching me. I would hear footsteps over the creaky spot, and then I would feel a presence next to me, and sometimes the bed would compress as if someone sat down. I would leave the room to go to the basement with my husband 
because I was so afraid of being alone. When I would get to the door to leave the room, every time it was locked from the inside. That isn't something that can be done accidentally. Since this started, my daughter sometimes will say that she is afraid to go to another room alone, which is very unlike her as she is a very independent toddler. Sometimes she won't even go into the kitchen to get a snack by herself. She will cry saying she is so afraid to be there. But now over the last couple of weeks she has started talking to someone that isn't there. And it could be an imaginary friend. But it didn't start until these bad feelings and this new presence arrived. It could be a coincidence. Just last night we were playing in her room and I heard the creak of footsteps at the top of the stairs and she suddenly said that someone was knocking on her bedroom door. She went over, opened the door and said, Oh Mono, it is so good to see you, how are you? And proceeded to hug the air. When she opened the door I felt this dark uneasy presence immediately. I don't think it's an imaginary friend and I am afraid of what she's talking to. Now I'm afraid of what she's talking to. I actually know very little about the lore or the mythology surrounding shadow people, even though I talk about them literally week in, week out. I know very little about them or where they're said to have come from or what they're said to be. But it sounds like it got all Stranger Things up in that bedroom. If you haven't watched the new series of Stranger Things, by the way, as an aside, I would highly recommend. It's very entertaining. I very much enjoyed it. But is there like an upside down for shadow people? It's a very good point. Like, where do they live? when they're not going around terrorising people. Where do they live? Or do they just not exist until they suddenly exist in your bedroom in the middle of the night? You know what I mean? And what are they doing in their spare time in the upside down? Does that mean that when people see them in our dimension, they've just sort of slipped in by accident? And then they're like, oh shit, hi. Amazing how they always seem to end up in people's bedrooms. I would be petrified if I came home and all the doors were open. I would react in the exact same way briefly go in. If I thought there was somebody in the house, I'm out. I'm not going back in there again. And technology allows us to know so many things. It allows us to like feel relief when you realise, oh, that noise was actually just the cat or whatever. But it also means that you end up with information like all of the doors opened at once, which is terrifying. And story number three comes from Lindsay. I've had a lot of experiences in the last couple of years. I moved in with my partner in December 2019 and he has always been sure that there is something attached to the house or the area. We are always hearing footsteps and knocks throughout the house. There was a period of several months where we would hear something mimicking our voices. My partner would frequently hear me calling him or my voice. He would swear that he saw me out the corner of his eye but I wouldn't even be at home. We have to cleanse our house regularly. We also believe that for the longest time that something is attached to my partner's ex-wife and frequently attaches to the kids. My stepdaughter would have nightmares and would tell us that she sees spirits. I went to visit Zach Bagan's museum in Vegas this past March with my partner. In one of the rooms, Peggy the doll sits in her place and they have a spirit box in the room with her. They told us that we could go in, but it was important to be respectful and say hello and goodbye to her. My partner didn't want to go into the room, but I did. I looked in her eyes, said hello and goodbye and then walked out. I didn't know at that moment, but my partner told me later. A voice came through the spirit box saying, wait. After I left the museum, my throat immediately started swelling. We had a couple of weird technology failures in our hotel room, but we didn't think much of it. 
A couple of days after visiting the museum, I had a nightmare that a doll climbed on top of me and started strangling me. My throat also never stopped hurting. It was so swollen and I was in a lot of pain. After coming home from Vegas, I went to urgent care to get it checked out. They couldn't find any reason for it. It wasn't strep or mono and it wasn't COVID either. The doctor agreed that it was very weird, especially since the swelling wasn't gradual, it was immediate. My lymph nodes were so swollen, almost to the size of small hands. I still have no explanation of why it happened, but I do feel certain that it wasn't natural. I'm still very affected any time I see photos of the doll. Oh no, if I was living with somebody and I was hearing their voice calling me or mimicking noises or anything like that, I think I'd just break up with them. I think it'd be easier. I think I'd be like, you know what? I really love you. You're a great person. I can see a future with us. But actually, I can't see a future with us with all this mimicking and voice throwing that's going on. So you have to go. You have to go. I'm almost afraid to even mention Zach Bagans in my commentary. And I'd like to say before I go any further that I would absolutely visit Zach Bagans' haunted museum if I was ever in Vegas. And the reason that I'm reticent to mention Zach Bagans' name is because the only time I seem to get actual, genuine, vitriolic hate on the internet is when I say that I don't like Zach Bagans. Although I genuinely don't know the story of Peggy the doll. I just looked it up to try and see if I could see a picture of it and try and get a kind of a feel for what the story about Peggy the doll is. But I can't find a really good picture of her. I'll have to like dive further into the gallery of the Haunted Museum. I presume it's in there somewhere. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not particularly up to date on the stories behind Peggy the doll, to be honest. And story number four comes from Bowie. This is an experience I had with my best friend when she joined my family on holiday to Devon in July of 2021. My family and I had been staying in our house in Devon for about a week before she came and stayed for four days. On the second night of her staying with us, we got bored and left the next door party my parents were at and decided to go to the local churchyard. We couldn't find the main entrance, so we went in through a very rusty and disused gate around the back. The graveyard was really overgrown, to the point where the grass was higher than the tallest gravestones. We stood in the middle of the churchyard messing about and asking questions to the graves for a laugh. For context, we are both a bit spiritual and believe in ghosts. I've been obsessed with ghosts and everything paranormal for quite a few years, and I'm always trying to communicate with the dead. After standing in the graveyard for a bit, we both kept on hearing snapping twigs and got a bit freaked out and left. We came back the next night and neither of us knew how important that night would be. The graveyard had a weird energy, like we were standing in the middle of a crowd with people around us. As the sun was setting, we sat down on a stone that was next to the path. In hindsight, that could have been the grave of a spirit we were going to encounter, but there was no writing on it and we just assumed it was a random slab. We settled down and I whipped out my dousing rods. I also had tarot cards with me, but I can't remember if I used them. I had a few goals with the rods before passing them to my friend Anna, and that was when things got scary. We were asking things like, are we alone, and mucking around as you do. Then we decided to start asking how they died. We asked if it was murder, and the answer was no. We asked if it was from natural causes, and the answer was again no. We asked if it was suicide, and the answer was yes. At this point, the energy shifted. And Anna and I were aware that this was real and we needed to be aware of the situation. 
I was recording with Anna's phone on Snapchat and I was using the Blackheart's filter. I watched in horror as it jumped off her face and to beside her in the little ditch that was next to the church wall. I was really weirded out but admitted it could have been a glitch and we continued. We kept on funneling questions and then I said something about how the brightness on her phone had changed. So she stopped talking to the spirit and listened to me. I think the spirit didn't like the fact that we cut off the communication because the screen of Anna's phone went black and froze. Her phone has never done anything like this before and hasn't done anything like this afterwards. It was also a relatively new phone. A few minutes later the filter jumped off her face and next to the ditch and again we were both terrified. Then I suddenly heard a whisper next to my ear. I saved all the videos that I had recorded to Anna's phone and we joked out of fear about how freaky it would be if we got home and the videos weren't there. Guess what? Some were missing where I specifically remember saving them. And what's weirder, there was a point in the video where you can hear my gasp and then scream, saying how the filter jumped off her face. But it didn't show up, although we watched it back in the graveyard. When I was searching through my camera roll to look for the videos to send them, they just weren't there. I specifically remember saving them to my camera roll and I find that really weird. I used to always have this thought, and I sort of still do, I guess, about how many pictures are you in the background of that you don't even realise? Especially in today's world, right? And I promise this is going somewhere. Especially in today's world because so many pictures are taken every second of every day. Like people are taking selfies all the time. They're taking pictures of places that they are all the time. And I always think, gosh, like how many pictures am I in the background of? A couple of years ago, one of my cousins sent me a screenshot of somebody's Tinder profile and their Tinder profile was like a selfie of them in a nightclub toilet mirror and I was in the background of the picture washing my hands. So with all of the photographic and video mediums that we have at our disposal these days obviously there are probably hundreds of pictures out there where you are in the background of them without realising but there's also so many pictures and videos potentially that exist out there that have paranormal activity in that nobody even realises. And maybe because you guys were paying attention to it, you were actually able to spot it and see it, whereas nine times out of ten, people would just think, oh, my phone's glitching, and then it's done and dusted and you wouldn't even think about it again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Alicia, Juliet, Lindsay and Bowie for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 19th of December 2021. We are very slowly but surely catching up on ourselves. If you are desperate for more Real Life Ghost Stories content, you can find tons of extra episodes on patreon.com forward slash Real Life Ghost Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to loads of extra content, but also every single episode ad free. If you want to find out anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can do so by checking out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.